Today's reading is from John 10, 14 through 16, and 27 through 29. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So this is a new series, and I want to start with a really big question, and that is, what is the church? What is the church? This season has really tested our definition or our answer to that question. So the original word for church definitely means a gathering. It means an assembly. And yet for 17 Sundays, we haven't been able to assemble. But who's counting, right? 17 Sundays, we haven't been able to gather. But still, we ask the question like, what is the church? And here's what I'm thinking. So as the Lord regathers many of us back on site, and even as some aren't able to come back just yet, I wonder if we ought to spend some time thinking about our identity. Not just our identity as individuals, but our identity collectively. Who are we as a church family? And I thought we might, as we go down this road, I thought we might take several analogies. A technical term would be like metaphors. I I thought we'd take several comparisons that the Lord has given us to really help our imagination. And not only to help our imagination, but also our soul really understand and appreciate what God was doing when he gave us each other. Today, as you heard the scripture reading from Sharon just a moment ago, I I wanted to start our series on our identity as a church family, really really with this image in mind. I want to remind ourselves first that we are a flock with a good shepherd. We are a flock with a good shepherd. The imagery of a shepherd and sheep goes deep, deep in scripture. So probably the most familiar psalm, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I I lack nothing. God as this shepherd of his people. But the imagery doesn't just stop with the Old Testament. It goes into the New Testament. So Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. Not just the good shepherd, but scripture says he's the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. And so we're, we're going to do a little something different in this series We normally take one passage of scripture. We dig very deep into that. But throughout this series, probably most Sundays, we're going to look at several different passages in scripture. And and don't worry, the references are going to be on the screen and I'll make sure that you get those. But I I want you to see multiple places in the Bible. Kind of let's learn together who we are as a church family. As we look at being a flock with a good shepherd, I'd like to draw out some phrases from these passages that I think will give a good idea of what God is telling us. So let's start with, a passage in Isaiah 53. And frankly, I'd love to spend time in the whole chapter, but can we just dive right in the middle of it in verse six, because this talks about sheep and shepherds. It says in Isaiah 53, six, all we like sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We'll get 
back to the second part of that, definitely. But the first part says, all we like sheep have gone astray. This kind of first phrase that as we kind of understand what's going on there tells us that we all went astray. That's our starting point when we come to this analogy of shepherd and sheep. We all went astray. Here's the picture. There's a path that God intended us to walk. We're supposed to walk on it. And it's actually not an unreasonable path that God wants us to walk in. It's actually a, a good for us kind of path. It leads us in paths of righteousness, like the right path. We're, we're on that path. If we walk in the path that the Lord has given us, it leads us with right, right by green pastures that we can eat, still waters. If we walk on this path, it has a way of refreshing, restoring our soul. It gives us everything we need. And yet, and yet, the plain facts are we haven't stayed on the path. So we're supposed to walk this path and not turn from the right or to the left, but all of us have strayed. That's what Isaiah 53 says. All of us. We've all went our own way. And what that does is that exposes us. It exposes you and me to a double danger when we go astray. There, there's the internal danger. We're internally vulnerable. We don't do wise things all the time. There's some inclinations in our heart that we don't, we don't always make the best decisions. And surely we know that. Surely we, we can appreciate that. We put ourselves in danger. We put ourselves at risk. And even if it means consequences, like negative consequences for people we love, we still, our hearts go astray. We wander and we drift. None of us can be proud. Don't, don't even begin to sense like where I'm pointing fingers out there. It's we all have gone astray. Nobody can talk about their own innocence in this. What happens is that because we've gone astray, we go through places like the valley of the shadow of death and it presses us to fear evil and we fall apart because we all have gone astray. What happens is we get locked into our own stubborn way, the way that seems right to us, despite the fact. And you and I, we've done this before, right? We have people telling us, people that have loved us for literally decades telling us, this is the path you need to walk. Be careful. They warn us, they gently confront us, and we say, no, I think I'm going to do it my own way. We follow our heart. We're true to ourselves, and that may seem to have worked for like every American Idol winner and everybody that's ever won the MVP on, in the Super Bowl, following our heart and trusting ourselves. But you know, for a lot of people, I'd say for most all of us, that doesn't work out so well when we 100% time follow our own heart. So we have greed, we have fear. Where's that coming from? It's coming from in, inside. We have anger, we have bitterness. It draws us away. We'd like to say, well, I'm just a victim. Life has beat me up. But, and, and that may be true. But we're also rebels, just bent on doing things our own way. We're internally vulnerable, but we're also externally vulnerable as well. The Bible regularly, have you noticed this? If you've read the Bible, surely you've seen where what contrasts most often with sheep is wolves. So there's this external threat, this hostile force at work. Even Satan is pictured as a lion that's going to devour, wants to devour the followers of Jesus Christ. We're exposed to danger. Even there's another image in Scripture of sheep being led to the slaughter. So there's this internal danger. My own heart's going to take me astray. And then there's this external threat because I'm astray, the world and Satan can kind of have, have a field day. 
I wonder if that's why Jesus in Matthew 9, 36, it says when he saw the crowds. Jesus who did have the perfect heart, Jesus who never went astray, it says he had compassion on them. Why did, why did he have compassion on them? Matthew 9 says, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. The picture is helpful to us because it's the truth, even if it's not flattering. We all have gone astray. And we have to have the truth. So when you have a critical medical test run, even if it's bad news, you want the truth. So when you see yourself as going astray, I wonder, do you, do you recognize yourself in that light? The, the comparison of going astray like a sheep, is that the way you'd write out your biography? If you just dabble in some religious things, if that's all the kind of the, the Jesus thing means to you, is just dabbling in some religious things. My guess is all this talk of going astray makes you feel pretty uncomfortable. But those, for those who actually trust in Jesus Christ, the analogy takes a turn and we get a glimpse of that turn in Isaiah 53, 6. We, we read it a moment ago. So it does say, yeah, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But then it says, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the punishment of us all. So in the book of Isaiah, the hymn there, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The hymn is the servant. But when we come to the New Testament, we actually get the identity of the servant. And he actually has a name. And it's not just the servant, it's Jesus. That's why 1 Peter 2.24 says this, he himself, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin, live to righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. The good shepherd, it says in John 10, lays down his life for the sheep. Through the work of Jesus, something changes in our hearts. So we were going astray, but our lives have been turned around because of the good shepherd who laid down his life for us. Jesus sought me when a stranger, the song says, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed or he bought me with his blood. God doesn't just let everyone stray in the condition, just kind of stay in that condition of just straying away. No, actually it says in 1 Peter 2.25, for you were straying like sheep, but now you've returned. I love that. Now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You were straying, but now you've returned. See, that's the next dimension. We all went astray, but you have now returned. We all have went astray, but you have now returned. You've come back to God. The relationship's been restored. I can imagine, I can imagine, and you can too. You can imagine quitting a job because something didn't go right one day, but you actually loved your job. You loved the people you worked with, and so some set of circumstances works out and you come back to that job, you patch things up and you come back. Or we, we all can imagine storming out of a family get together because someone said something and you, you decide you're never coming back, but then you do come back because you love the people that have poured so much into you. And I can picture reunion and restoration and get that picture and you can multiply it times a million. And that is the picture we're talking about here. You are straying away but you've now returned. And that's only happened because there was a good shepherd that restored you. John 10, actually Sharon read it earlier, says that the shepherd Jesus loves us and laid down his life for us. As a matter of fact, I love 
the story of Jesus. And I had to learn this, I think, when I was just a little kid. Jesus told a story about a shepherd who left 99 because they were safe and went after the one, went after the one who was lost. And, and we get the picture, okay, so that one that was lost, that's me. That one who went astray, that's me, that's you. And he came after us. He came after us. That, that is him searching for us until he finds us. It, it doesn't stop there, though. It's not as if he finds us and then like he's kind of done with us. John 10, the same chapter that says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, says in John 10, verse 27, my sheep, they actually hear my voice. And I know them. You've got to know when Jesus says, I know them, it's not like he knows facts about us. He knows us in a relationship way. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one's able to snatch them out of the father's hand. That's such good news. You're returning to God. You're returning to God like Peter talked about. It's not just a, a cold transaction, all right? A cold transaction where we get lifetime membership in the heaven club. That's just not what it was. It's a relationship that's been restored. A covenant has been made. He knows you. He knows me. And sure, there's going to be highs and lows. Just like any relationship. Surely there, my, the intensity of my love for God, the intensity of my obedience... Surely sometimes it's going to be high and sometimes it's not going to be as much as I'd like it to be. But Jesus is in this for keeps. He is in this permanently. The storyline that seems to work for so many in the, in the U.S., in, in our culture, seems to be, you know what? I'm free. I can do what I want. I can make myself happy. Nothing can stop me. I don't have to worry about anyone or anything. And then COVID hit. And you're going to have to question some of those assumptions. So, you think you're in control of everything? I don't, I don't hear too many people saying that now. You think you're just totally free? Maybe not so much. You think my decisions are just my business. I don't care if it affects that. You, you don't hear people saying that these days. Actually, the world isn't this happy-go-lucky place. What's going on? You see, maybe we're all coming to terms with like, you know, God isn't just like, I make him out to be what I want him to be. God on my own terms, that's not the way it really works. That's pretend, that's comic book stuff. That's, that's something that is inadequate to base your life on. You need something more than that. And I hope what dawns on us, even as we're thinking through this analogy of the good shepherd and the sheep, is that God tells us that we are loved. You aren't just like a collection of pointless molecules and atoms subject to random viruses that could destroy everything you love. That's not what it's all about. A holy God made us in his image, and he sent Jesus because we went astray. And yeah, I, I'm not in control of multiple continents and oceans, but he is, and I don't have to be. God runs the world. And he's actually made salvation available to us. Those who turn and trust, those who return back to their maker, to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, experience forgiveness in life. And then we even have a commission to share good news, to show his love, to show his holiness, to show his mercy. And I just pause for a moment because I, I have to ask, has that been your experience? 
Do you know him that way? Have you returned to the one who made you? Is all this like really good news to you? Even still, is it still good news to you? Do you taste and see that the Lord is good? Such a powerful reminder in that uh, song we sing, Amazing Grace, right? I once was lost, but now I'm found. Well, who found me? I didn't I kind of make my own way back. The good shepherd came and found me. Do you, do you know that? Would, if, if you're not certain, could you even reach out today to us at Ogletown? We'd love to have that conversation with you. Even just listening to Bite Size a moment ago, I'm reminded that because he's our shepherd, he does things that good shepherds do. He knows us, he leads us, he feeds us, he protects us because we're still really vulnerable. It's not as if we, we just kind of leave a, a vulnerable world. No, 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 we are still very vulnerable. In, internal inclinations to stray, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. And we still face difficult things from the outside, but Jesus has paved the way for you and me to return. We have a really, really good shepherd, don't we? Astray and returning, but there's one more part of the analogy that I really, really want you to see. And that is, yes, you went astray, and yes, you have returned, but Jesus actually brings his sheep together. Uh, Let's think of that analogy. Because of the relationship he has with each one of us, We actually have a relationship with each other. We become a flock. So we have a relationship with our good shepherd, but we become a flock. John 10, 14 speaks to that. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own. That's a plural word. I know my own and my own plural know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep, plural, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. This was speaking of Gentiles. I must bring them on also and they will listen to my voice. And John 10, 16 ends this way. So there will be one flock and one shepherd, one flock and one shepherd, many sheep. But I love this picture and I love this phrase, one flock and one shepherd. So the normal experience for people who follow Jesus will be to follow him with other believers playing a massive role in their life. We are a part of a flock Jesus is surely talking about kind of a worldwide flock, all the Christians everywhere for all time. I know he's talking about that, but surely also in this passage, also as we think of the flock, there are local expressions of that worldwide flock, local expressions, maybe like Ogletown. So when Jesus says in Luke 12, 32, fear not little flock, he's not just talking to one person. He's talking to churches like ours. Fear not little flock. Or when Paul is speaking to the elders are the pastors in a city in modern-day Turkey, a city called Ephesus. Acts 20, 28. He tells those elders, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for, not your church, but the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Peter gives instruction to another church in 1 Peter 5 and verse 1. He says, I exhort. So Peter's talking to everybody in the church. But he says, I'm especially now talking to the elders among you. You shepherd the flock of God that is among you. The flock. You care, for, you care for the flock. The word flock keeps standing out. It recognizes, helps me recognize the value of being close to other sheep. This is what God designed. So let me just highlight a couple of things that go into being a part of this flock. Because this flock hears the voice of Jesus, but we hear it together. And I think what that means for us is when Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, we hear his voice often through other sheep in the flock around us. 
So that means the Lord is kind in that, sure, I can open my Bible and I can read and I can hear God's word for me in my own personal Bible reading, but I'm also going to be built up when other people share God's word with me, when I listen and I grow, when I'm in conversations, when I pray with another person. We help each other hear his voice. We speak God's words. We kind of remind people, this is what God says about that. And in that moment, the flock together is hearing the good shepherd's voice. We give and receive encouragement and guidance and correction even and wisdom when we walk through seasons of doubt. Like, Lord, what are you, God, what, what, what are you doing? We need some assurance. And sometimes we're just not going to get there on our own. But then another person moves into our life with words of assurance and help and hope. We help each other hear his voice. We're dealing with fears, and some of those fears are rational. Some of those fears are irrational. That kind of doesn't matter because they're all very real to us. And in that moment, you know what we need? We need to hear the shepherd's voice. And often the means by which we hear that is another person. Maybe sharing a Bible verse with us. Maybe calling us and just reminding us of truth. We're in it for each other. God's wired us for relationships. And I have to, have to be honest, can I, can I be frank with you? One of the real fears I have is for the person who thinks they don't need to be a part of a flock. They can just follow Jesus on their own. Maybe they ah, just download, I can stream a sermon at my own convenience. I'll try to find a good one when I want to during the week. I can listen to some songs on a Spotify playlist, and I think that'll do it for me. But you're you know this, right? You're part of a flock, not technically, but really. You're part of a flock. That's what Jesus has made you. So yeah, yeah, I, I realize, even as you watch this, some are going to be at home and some are going to be gathered on site. But that doesn't change the fact that we're meant to be together. We're meant to do the hard work to stay connected. This season has challenged that. This next season is going to continue to challenge, but what efforts are we going to make? So we can't do everything to, to stay together, but we can do something. And this season is going to call, I know this, this season is going to call on us to look out and not just take care of ourselves. This season is going to call on you and me to make sacrifices for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to have to work hard. And some of us are going to have to work hard we're going to have to fight against the impulse to withdraw. You know, it's just tiresome. And some of you are not going to be able to come back on site for a long time. And it's just going to be easy to drift away. And I'm, I'm just encouraging you. You're, you're still part of this flock. Don't drift away. Don't let loneliness set in. But there's others of us that are, we're going to be tempted to just kind of move on with life and forget the fact that there are many that are part of this flock that are, that are not able to meet at this time. Life isn't just like, well, we just move on. No, no, no. Our good shepherd's calling us to something greater, and that's to be intentional and proactive. And if we've got to use technology, let's do that. And if we've got to meet people outside, let's do that. And if we've got to reach out rather than just draw in, if we've got to ask for help in ministry rather than just kind of saying, well, I'll make it through. I don't need any help from anybody. Well, then let's reach out for help instead of getting frustrated. Like, well, no one's, no one's reached out to me. No one's read my mind lately. Can we just look out and go, how, how might I do whatever the Lord is calling me to do? To recognize that I'm not just, I'm not, not just in this like me and Jesus. I'm part of a flock. This is what I picture our Savior Jesus like standing right in the middle, gathering us around him. One flock, 
one shepherd. And when Jesus is at the center, not only are we going to hear his voice together, but the flock also worships Jesus together. It's like when, when Jesus is the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, stands at the middle, of, kind of at the center of our attention. It's like all of us as sheep go, oh yeah, the only one getting any praise in this place is going to be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The only one getting any praise in this place is going to be the one that laid down his life for us. And we kind of remind ourselves of that. That's why even a moment ago, Paula sang the, the goodness of Jesus, the goodness, the kindness of Jesus. That's who will get the glory. We're deeply moved in our heart. Even as we, as we hear those songs, we say, yeah, the, the flock as we hear other Christians, we're kind of motivated to praise and worship Jesus. So we gather, or maybe for a season, you're not gathering in person, but you're making it a priority to, priority to watch each week to rehearse, just to remind yourself regularly that I'm a part of a flock that's gathered around Jesus, who brought us back when we were straying. We have to work out what that means in our everyday life. So so I started this with like, what is a church? Well, this is who we are. And we're going to look at more of these things throughout the coming weeks. But this is who we are. We are a flock with a good shepherd. And we can praise God for this story. That yes, we all went astray. But the good shepherd came for us. Laying down his life for us. And now we've returned to God. And now by God's grace, we are gathered as one flock with one shepherd. Let me pray for us. Oh Lord, thank you for your mercy and your kindness, your goodness. I thank you for the reminder that you truly are our shepherd. So even as we hear Psalm 23 put to music, I'll remind us, impress this deep into our soul. I pray that you would do what only you can do, and that's watch over the flock of Old Town Baptist. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.